The following program is sponsored by Marty McClendon and West Coast Windows. My God is so big and so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. My God is so big and so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. Well, good morning, everybody, all across the ACN network. That'll be across eastern and central Washington, parts of northern Idaho. And anywhere across the, the big bad internet across the world that tunes into the show or the rebroadcast on podcast. This is In My Opinion by Marty McClendon. It's early Saturday morning. I think as the older you get, it's not that early. Um, but I know when I'm growing up, but even on weekends, um, getting up is a little bit slower with my coffee. But um, thank you. If you are going to work, going on a weekend, if you're going out for fun, you're traveling across the state, whatever you're doing this morning and you're tuning in, thank you and bless you. <laughs> Excuse me, a little cough in the morning and clear my throat as well. We always start this program um, with the Word of God. It is a Christian network uh, uh, by and large, right? Um, uh, a lot of great. Christian teaching programs across this AC network. We got a lot of political programs. A lot of my friends have shows. Of course, I have another show with my friend Doug Bassler. Heard on the same stations at 10 a.m. every Saturday morning called Doug and Marty versus the World. If you didn't know that already, uh, but you know, and we tend to talk about politics and and society and culture through a Christian lens. Uh, and so do I do. So do I on this program. Uh, this one's a little bit more, it's focused on things that I want to dive a little bit deeper in or bounce around on, if you will, uh, from either real estate, because I have a real estate background, healthcare, healthcare background, a, from the pulpit and preaching the word of God from a pastor background. And of course, uh, 24 years now in real estate. And then of course, about a decade in politics, right? More than a decade. Uh, had the last probably year and a half where I haven't been running for office, haven't been involved in the party. And it's kind of interesting to me, perspective changes because I'm not as engaged as I, as I was. And yet I'm still connected to the people that are in the fight. And uh, so I'm jonesing, if you will, itching to get back into the fight, but I want to do it in God's timing. Uh, when does God call me, uh, prepare me, you know, those type of things. And who can I help in the meantime that is in the fight. How can I resource them? How can I pray for them? So I want to encourage you all as well to, you know, uh, pray and obviously obey, but find out where God's leading you. Are you the one to be on the front lines? Or are you the one to be supporting the one on the front lines right now? Since the ballots literally for those that are active military or veterans should be in your mailbox this weekend, the mail-in ballots across Washington state and for everybody else, you should get them next week. So usually it's about the second week in October when they get mailed out. And uh, you have until, obviously, November, uh, the first week in November, to get them in. So make sure you are doing your research, going online, you know, um, checking this show out, checking the other shows as well that give recommendations because they're doing the research. They're connected, as I, as I said. Anyway, today's scripture, like, as I alluded to earlier, is usually one... Um, either that I've saw throughout the week in, in Bible study or something that, that's moved me in some ways, or it could be just the word of the day. Um, I have a Bible app that I use called YouVersion, not a sponsor, of course. And I brought this one today. I thought this one was challenging. It's Philippians, that's church, you know, 
Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, from the Amplified Version. That's Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, and the Amplified Version says, Have this same attitude in yourself, which was in Christ Jesus. Then the Amplified Version goes on to say, Look to him as your example in selfless humility. I think that that is, talk about counterculture. You know, culture right now is all about yourself. You can do it. Uh, nothing can stop you. It's all about you. It's making yourself happy. And, uh, you know, this, this idea of selfless humility is not taught. It's seen as like, oh, that's not with today's thing. But it is. God's called us to die to self daily. That, that, he, that we must decrease so he must increase. That's a tough thing to do. I mean, I, I'm a... Uh, born again Christian, uh, love my wife, love my children, uh, but humility is not something that comes natural to the flesh. It is humility is that submission to, um, on a daily basis, to Almighty God. So this is one that um, when I read it, it is convicting. It's also like, okay, Lord, I need your help. I can't do this on my own. This idea, yes, we can love our Lord, our God, with our whole heart, whole strength, soul, and mind. Right? That's from Scripture. Uh, as I'm, I'm pulling that out, and then it's supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves, putting their interests above our own, right? That's, in a sense, the same thing. But when you go deeper like this, as we have the same attitude in ourselves, in yourself, which was in Christ Jesus, then expanded with look to him as your example in selfless humility. Not false humility, but selfless humility, that's interesting. It's, it's, it's almost like you don't value your own worth, knowing that God values you highly enough to send his only begotten son uh, to die on the cross, to live a perfect life, die on the cross, and rise again so that he can restore relationship with you. So you are immensely valuable to the Lord. And yet in your own eyes, we're supposed to see ourselves as less than. Uh, that is, once again, it's, it's a struggle, I think, for all humans um, because it's one um, we have to have confidence in that the creator of the universe thinks highly of us and that he knows us, numbers the hairs on our head, that we're destined for a purpose, that he has good works laid up for us to do. Um, and that is just amazing, right? That he thought about you at creation, thought about you at the cross, thought about you, you know, as, as special. At the same time, not being having a big ego, not being big on himself, not being all about you. Uh, I've been told in my life prior to even prior and after knowing Jesus as Lord and Savior as uh, the world does not revolve around me. And I'm like disappointed at that. I mean, what do you mean it doesn't revolve around me? <laughs> I'm, I'm tongue in cheek a little bit here, but it's fine. I know what you, I want you to encourage you all that, uh, you know, um, pray about this, see where it fits in your life. I mean, uh, I think when you see true strength, it's, it's people that don't have to impress others aren't looking for the approval of others, that stick to convictions that are strong but are humble enough to, to submit to the Lord. We honor that when we see it in others. We want it in ourselves, but it comes through that discipline and obedience and submission too and allow God to be glorified through us. And I love it when uh, there are times in my life when I know that it was all God. There's no possible way for me to have success or to be where I was at the time. And yet people were drawn to God uh, because of what he was doing through me. And I want to be there more often and more times. Don't you? 
Um, and it's not about me. It's not about, uh, I just, I'm the vessel he chose to use in those different things. I think oh, way too often, whether you're a pastor in a church, you're an evangelist, you're a politician, you're a sports star, whatever it may be, oftentimes when that success comes or that um, um, adulation comes, the congratulations, the attention comes, um, we tend to draw into ourselves. Um, the, uh, the late pastor Jack Hayford said this. It was one of those things that even he said that it is so critically important. He said that when you love people, with, when you've loved God and you love people, when you love with the love of holy God, meaning the, the, the ability to love others um, that are struggling or whatever it may be, just that when you love people, they want to love you back. Nothing wrong with that, but he said that the danger is receiving that to yourself without re- reflecting the reason that you're loving them because the capacity to love comes from your relationship with Christ. And when they love back, they're loving the Lord. So redirect them to the Lord. And he was very serious about it. He goes, because it's a danger um, because we start thinking it's about us again, uh, even in the pulpit. And this is a guy that, you know, not everybody liked him, but I spent some really quality time with him um, one-on-one in a small group setting for a whole uh, couple of weeks. And um, I saw someone who was um, at one point very, very in control. He knew everything and nothing um, happened without his acknowledgement or his direction. Um, he was very much in control of, of Foursquare and um, the, the four big churches on the way in California. And yet the most humble person, and this is where that humility comes in, that I've known in my life. Um, he was one of those guys that was very down to earth, very real, very open, um, and then Literally every morning, he would come in almost in tears and said, you know, he had time with the Lord, uh, where it was one of those things where the Lord was was holding him in a way of where where he was convicted daily, you know, of his shortcomings. And just it was one of those things that I I saw genuine humility in a man. Now, no man's perfect, obviously. And I'm sure uh, Jack struggled just like all the rest of us. Um, but it inspired me at that point in time that you can still be very strong, very much in control through your humility. God will use that humility to elevate you. And I think that's the coolest thing. We all want to elevate ourselves. We all want recognition. We all want some sort of favor, right? And I've noticed that the, the less we seek it and the more we submit to the Lord, the more we get elevated. Um, and then, of course, we can't lose sight of how we got there in the first place. We see that with King David. We see that with all throughout Scripture, where um, where things go wrong is when the, the person elevated by the Lord um, says, "Hey, it's because of what I did, and it's never about what I did." All right, that's a long part on that part, but I just want to—I just think something's moving in me that I wanted to impart to you. That's really this, this idea that um, the counterculture thing, culture is lying to us through the media, through schools, through everything. What, what is being thrown out there is demonic. It's anti-God in every aspect. When it says it's about self, it's not about God. It's about doing what makes you feel good or happy. That is not from God. God says, die to yourself daily. God says, submit to me. God says, you know, and all of these things are, are counter. So when we see things like this, what does the word of God say? What does God say about where we're supposed to be? So anyway, uh, moving on, um, on the Doug and Marty versus the World Herd today at 10 a.m., um, we talk a little bit about Doug Bassler's race. 
Doug is running for King County Election Supervisor. First of all, that uh, that position pays way too much money. Um, but we know that there's 39 counties in Washington State. We know that King County is the largest population and, and size county in the state. Okay. We also know that uh, if 38 counties, having personal experience, I, I've won 38 counties pretty resoundingly and then lost in King County and still lost the race. So it has a big sway in statewide elections, governor elections, uh, lieutenant governor elections, you know, and so on and so on. Um, and oftentimes they, they are able to mobilize. They, usually the left, the Democrats, are able to mobilize uh, a large number of voters in a short period of time. We saw that in the Shama Sawant election where they, or, um, in, a, in like a week's time, they, they rallied 100,000 new votes. Okay, think about that for a second. That's, that's um, probably, um, there's probably some shenanigans going on. Okay. Anyway, the reason I'm bringing this up is because it's a very important position to oversee and make sure the King County elections are actually safe and fair and accountable, transparent, so we can trust our elections. And of course, we have the statewide elections, but all the counties have their own processes, sometimes different machines, they have different, you know, uh, chain of custody and so forth, even though we have mail-in ballots statewide. But we have a history of problems with King County, whether it be the Dino Rossi, Christine Gregoire gubernatorial election where they have found extra ballots in a closet. You know, uh, it, there was a lawsuit over that. Long story short, there's been uh, problems in 2016 when I ran where a fire alarm was pulled. Um, and then this most recent primary election in an off year. So you would think no one's looking they during the counting during the primary, um, they someone that was not part of the staff of King County elections um, was seen going into the server room and replacing the server mid count, and there and now the Republican Party is suing um, the King County elections uh, because that's first of all they didn't know unless someone actually saw it, which we had an election observer there, um, but that's wrong. You you don't change a counting machine mid-election. So in the sphere of uh, the 2020 election, the uh, 2022 election for Kerry Lake in Arizona, where there's ongoing questions around, okay, they call these anomalies. Well, why is there election interference? Why is there um, this, um, what's the, the Mules movie by Dinesh D'Souza, where they've tracked multiple trips from people like basically ballot harvesting and dumping them off in different directions by their phone data. We've got um, uh, U-Haul trucks showing up in the middle of the night, dropping off ballots from a different state. We've got um, in Washington state, it's, it's mail-in ballot was like one of the first states to do it. You've got um, um, same day voter registration. You got motor voter, which basically when a legal alien uh, gets a driver's license in Washington state, they're automatically registered to vote, which that's a federal offense, but it's not policed. When people have moved out of the state or they've died or they're felons, they're still getting ballots and are still being cast. Those are supposed to be cleaned up every year. And even Kim Wyman, the former secretary of state says, yeah, we haven't done it in the last couple of years. It's not important to those in charge. So King County. King County is the epicenter of where the majority of the anomalies happen during these elections or have happened over the several years. I'm sure other counties like Pierce and Snohomish and others probably have similar type things, but it hasn't played out 
to be the deciding factor like King County has. I say all that is pay attention to election integrity. It's very important. And Doug Bassler, uh, he is, the, through the general, running against Julie Weiss, the incumbent uh, election supervisor of King County. Even if you want to stick it to uh, the left and say, hey, we have a watchdog watching the elections in King County, that would make me feel better. So DougBassler.com, not a sponsor of this show. I don't even know if he listens to this show because he hears enough of me on our show. But I say that is because typically I support my brother anytime he runs for office, every single time. He's a good man, a Christian man, a businessman. He would be an excellent uh, public servant. But the fact that he's running for such a key position in a county that affects every single county's election uh, when it comes to statewide elections, the U.S. senators, the governor's races, the and so forth, uh, and several of the congressional races touch King County. Eighth uh, congressional, um, the tenth congressional, the sixth congressional, and so forth. Even though you're not in King County, portions of your congressional district are, and they've designed it that way. The Democrats did, um, to, so that there's they have an influence in every single election that's either congressional or statewide, and obviously locally. So um, send money, pray for him. Um, that would be an amazing victory. It would it would be the David versus Goliath. We understand that in Washington State because the people that he's running against are running the election, sort of like the people in Arizona were running the election against Kerry Lake. So. Uh, I'm not saying it, but I know with God, all things are possible. I want to talk about that. I want to encourage you to pray for my brother, Doug Bassler. And if you can, send some money to support and get his idea out. Because he owns a, a literally a advertising agency where he produces commercials. So he can do them at cost. So whatever money he uh, raises, he can put out on TV and radio and so forth at a very discounted rate. So pretty cool. He can go... Do a lot with the money you send. Okay, that's enough for that. So the big story of this week is Kevin McCarthy. The Speaker of the House is out. The, uh, at the initial 15 votes, the, a small caucus of conservative Republicans um, demanded, basically, rule changes allowing for a, a call to ouster. So they agreed to this to allow Kevin McCarthy to become the Speaker of the House. Several months later, um, they pulled... The, the handle on this, if you will, uh, Matt Gates led this group of eight um, Republicans saying, hey, you know what? You did not keep your promise. We're going to pull the, 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 the gift given in the rules, allowing us for one single member to call for the ouster of the speaker. Well, they and then, of course, all the Democrats voted with them. Uh, and then Kevin McCarthy is no longer Speaker of the House. He's not running again. Um, I thought Kevin McCarthy did some good things. I may not agree with him uh, on everything. And I think the um, uh, Matt Gates and the group is absolutely correct. They, once again, did a continuing resolution on an omnibus and basically throwing all this pork and all this uh, uh, special interest uh, money into it, spending more money with Ukraine, and, and, you know, they use the excuse that our military wouldn't get paid. I talked about this. If the government shut down, everybody always gets paid. If they don't get paid during the shutdown, they get paid in arrears for being at home. This, we've seen this enough times that it's a panic over nothing. And yet they use this to pass trillions of dollars of new spending, right? Uh, billions of dollars of new spending that we don't need to. That all makes inflation worse. 
and it is on our kids and grandkids budget we're spending the future of america so it's it's wrong so I, i'm i'm thankful for matt gates <clears throat> i'm thankful for the team um that said you know what we're gonna stick to principles okay now they have to get to work now they have an election coming up next week um in the next couple of days two republicans have stepped forward to run for speaker house of the house uh, Steve Scalise, which is the one that was shot in that uh, congressional baseball game several years ago by the crazy uh, leftist. And you have uh, Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan, of course, is a big Trump fan, conservative, former wrestling champion. He, he runs the judicial Judiciary Committee. He's doing a great job. And, of course, I love Jim Jordan. He is a fighter, but he's articulate. Steve Scalise, also a good conservative leader. Steve Scalise, though, was the right-hand man for... Kevin McCarthy. Um, so from a political standpoint, um, me as a conservative, as a Christian, I want Jim Jordan. Okay, that said, I know how Washington State works, and I kind of know how D.C. works. The fact that Kevin McCarthy's right-hand man, Steve Scalise, is uh, putting his name forward. Kevin McCarthy had 200, what is it, 210 or 200, yeah, 210 Republicans supporting him. If Kevin McCarthy says, I want Steve Scalise, you have 210 Republicans reporting, uh, supporting Steve Scalise. Now, you have the eight Republicans that, will, that can support Jim Jordan or Steve Scalise. They will probably support either one of them. So I'm, I'm betting, if I was betting a man and I have betting a dollar, I would bet that Steve Scalise will be the Speaker of the House. Well, we shall see next week. I would hope for and pray for Jim Jordan because I think Jim Jordan would do a much better job articulating our conservative values, and I would trust that he would um, stick to um, principles and actually investigate the Bidens, find out what's going on with COVID, uh, the behind the scenes, and hold Fauci accountable, actually draw the line and do single-issue bills and, not, uh, and remove the pork, um, the overspending for these lobbyists and, and the... the clawbacks, if you will, for the congressional people all across. Some of the stuff, by the way, just a little side note, I've been really enjoying um, um, Jesse, Jesse Waters lately. Fox News t took the place of, um, of uh, Tucker Carlson in his time slot. I've never been a big fan of, of Jesse Waters, but I've been enjoying him lately. He's much more Tucker Carlson-like. and he, But he'd been going through a list lately of um, what's in this next budget that they that they're working on to approve, and it is ridiculous. You know, a million dollars to widen the sidewalk for Nadler. If there's a, a ten million dollar bathroom for AOC interdistrict for the library, there are. It's just insane. There's a um, it, ten million dollars for a, um, a machine gun range, uh, and on and on and on. These are all pork. Added to a bill to bring back to their their jurisdiction, say, "Hey, look what I got for them for our district," so they can get reelected. That was the biggest thing back. I, I lived in the sixth congressional district, and there used to be uh, Norm Dix over there. He's got buildings named after him and so forth. <clears throat> Derek Kilmer is the current congressman, but he was an alcoholic. He was abusive. He, he was not a good person overall. But he was always able to get the pork in the budget to bring back to the sort of Bremerton area and so forth. So they go, well, he brings back the bacon, so we'll keep on electing him. That's, that, that's got to stop. But that bacon's being paid for by you and me, by our kids and our grandkids. All right. Next story um, would be, um, well, on Matt Gates as well. 
Yeah, whether you think about him or not, be sticking to principles. I appreciate that. The uh, I know a lot of Washingtonians are being affected now because a lot of these, like the gas taxes, went into effect this year. You're starting to feel that you have the highest gas tax in America in Washington State. The Democrats in Washington State told you, oh, it won't actually affect gas prices. They lied. You're now seeing the truth of that. They lied on top of the inflation already in place through the Biden administration. Okay. And the overspending and the funding and the trillions of dollars and all the money to Ukraine, right? It's money. It's amazing. They can find billions of dollars to send to Ukraine, but they can't deal with the issues here where we have in America. Mm, see, it's priorities, right? Also, the long-term care act that was passed two sessions ago, but it was delayed through COVID. It was put on pause and then it was delayed again as now in effect where some people's paychecks are being forced to pay for a policy of long-term care. Yes, these were the Democrats that passed this in the dead of night like they typically do on a one-party rule in Washington State. Another reason why it's important, very important, to get out and elect. This is an a off-year election. Your city councils, county councils, sheriffs, whatever it may be, Go out, and these are the bench for future elections as well. They affect you locally, so definitely vote. Do your research. It's really, really super important. But there are things that that, that struck me this week, and I won't go through all of them, but there are several stories where um, the policies of the left are coming home to roost, if that makes sense. Uh, so you have the rich and elite political left that uh, in Seattle that defunded the police, and then you have a rise in crime. You have these um, prosecutors that don't prosecute, that let them back on the street, are now being targeted, uh, that they're that is coming home to roost. We, we have the UAW, the United Auto Workers, um, are striking now because of the electric vehicle mandates because they're losing jobs. It affects their future livelihood, right? The stronghold, the supporting of the, of the Democrat Party is now going, nope, these policies are killing us. Then there's a story that was in Breitbart News. I thought it was interesting, right? Because it's all this transgenderism across the nation. And on there's two stories. The first story is uh, very, very sad. Um, the Canadian Institute of Health Information, so a small country north of us, as we all know, uh, talked about a province they have. They were tracking this transgenderism report. It says that, that since 2018, so since the rise of this in the last four or five years, 602 female minors between the ages of 14 and 17 have gone through a double mastectomy, having their breasts removed to identify as boys. That's, we typically think it's the other way, guys and girls, but this is 602 girls, young girls, underage girls that had permission from their parents, like apparently, um, had surgery to remove their breasts to identify as boys. That, that's just, it, it's so sad. Um, the life-altering surgery when and they, they should be suing. But this is in a small province in a small country. I don't even know what the numbers are here in America, but it's, it's a travesty at its, at its best. Anyway, the next story, though, is a little bit more um, funny if you think about it. So the, there's this annual uh, Grace Hopper celebration which builds itself as the world's largest conference for women in computing. So um, engineering and computing oftentimes are, are, it's mostly a male-dominated industry, so they want to promote more women. I think that's all good, right? Um, math as well. 
So this influential career fair for women opened itself to disaster by welcoming non-binary attendees to be inclusive of the LGBT community, which is kind of funny when you think about it, right? Okay, so they're trying to be all woke and saying, all right, we're here for women, but we're going to open it up to those that identify as women, non-binary, right? So an invitation men accepted in large numbers. Event organizers became frustrated by the sea of men accusing male attendees of lying about their gender identities with the event's chief impact officer complaining. She said, unfortunately, some of you are taking interview slots right now from women who need them. Some of you are standing in line talking to recruiters instead of letting a woman speak. All of those are limited resources to which you have no right. She's absolutely correct. But I think it's interesting because this is the policy. We've seen this, right? This is a lie when you know, one talks about the multiple genders, right? We've seen this in you know, women's sports when men are winning and dominating in women's sports. We see this in play. This is the, the absurdity. So t- two things. One, as Doug says on the show later on today, women should not show up to these type of events when men are included. I agree. But also the fact that tons of men showed up for jobs that were destined or designed to go after women proves the point that this is absurd. So I, I just think that on both accounts, men showing up, you know, and I'm sure many of them were just men, straight men, uh, and women not showing up strikes the, the right chord to me saying, we got to push back. We can't go along with this cultural narrative. We've got to hold true to our values and, and say, this is insanity. Let's speak truth and live truth. Well, that's all I got for today. Take care and God bless. I'll see you next week on In My Opinion. I'm Marty McClendon. My God is so big and so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. My God is so big and so strong and so mighty.